Welcome to the Amanda Rollard Show, where we work together to support abundant living in all areas of your life, body, mind, family, finances, and community. Come join us and get your salt back. Welcome, everybody, to the Amanda Rollert Show for another episode today of Salt Talks, where we support abundant living today. I want to talk today about a special law of the universe, and that law is called the law of gender. Sometimes it's also referred to as the law of gestation. And if you're not sure what we're going to talk about today, stick around. I bet you might find the topic interesting. So let's get right into our topic today. It's called the law of gender or gestation. Sometimes it's referred to by the same name. I have been a fan and a follower of the laws of the universe for probably 20 plus years. And I didn't make these laws up. They're the laws of the universe. And, you know, whoever you believe created the universe in my situation, I believe God created the universe. And there's laws that govern, you know, the universe for, I guess, harmony and functionality and so forth. There's seven primary laws that I have kind of looked at over the years, and I definitely want to probe into each one of them for a topic for Salt Talks. I wanted to especially focus today's episode on the law of gender or gestation. And actually, I could say it's almost a two-parter because I'm really kind of setting us up for next week's episode, which we're going to get into a topic I call the battlefield of the mind. And it actually comes from a very an inspired book that I read many years ago from Joyce Myers and actually called Battlefield of the Mind. But before we get into that, which is next week's episode, and I'm actually have a couple of guests on uh, next week, I wanted to kind of preface that by talking about one of the laws, the law of gender or gestation. You know, when we say gender, when we say gestation, I bet you a couple of things come to mind. When we say gestation, it might be like, okay, I, I can think of, you know, how long before something gets birthed? Well, gestation periods vary, right? Amongst species. You know, the human species is a baby takes nine months, you know, that's its gestation period. Some gestation periods are super quick. For instance, the Virginian possum is 12 days, but the Indian elephant is 22 months. Gestation periods, the birthing of something, so to speak, can take different times. So I wanted to preface our topic today by, you know, kind of understanding when I, I talk about gestation, it's the time from inception to the birth of whatever it is, a, a thought, an idea. Gender, on the other hand, sometimes those two get put together, which rightly so. So if you think about the law of gender or gestation, there's male and female, correct? Both males and females are necessary for creation, you know, to take place, but they're ultimately beyond the actual sex of an individual. This is not what this is about. It's actually the male and the female are actually two complementary energies. There's a giving and a taking there's an assertive energy and a receptive energy. There's a masculine and a feminine, and that's all part of that creation process. So as we kind of create, 
things in our world. Sometimes we're more assertive. Sometimes we're more receptive. Sometimes we need to be proactive. Sometimes we need to step back and listen. And that's all part of the creative that we talk about in the law of gestation or the law of gender. So the law of gender is actually the creative law. All seeds have a gestation period. Okay. And just like we talked about at the beginning, you know, babies take nine months, elephants take 22 months, and some things like Virginia possums take, you know, 12 days. All seeds, most importantly, thought seeds. So that which we think about has a gestation period before they manifest. Some actually manifest very, very quickly in our lives, and some of them take time. And I think the most important thing that I want us to to realize when we're talking about the law of gender or the law of gestation is we've got to protect that which we think about. And we have to be very conscious of what we think about because we want only the positive. We want only the things that are going to be life-giving to be the things that we give our thought energy to because everything has a gestation period. It takes an appropriate amount of time for a thought, an image, or creation to move actually into our physical counterpart. Think about in the past when we've talked about our salt maps. Remember when I think Berkey Poo and I did an episode on salt maps and vision board and so much and so forth. And all of those things When you think about your salt map, maybe you made one for the year 2022, just like, you know, we did. These are great thought seeds because it's actually asking you to think about the future a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now in all areas of your life. Think about the things, the thought seeds that you want to see happening in your life in a year for your mind, your body, your family your finances, your community, what are those thought seeds that you actually planted on your vision board, your salt map? Those are very positive things that you want to give energy to. You want to give assertion to. You want to give reception to. Let's also talk a little bit about thought seeds as you're kind of thinking through your life. And let's take, for instance, what about if you have a difficult situation? Let's apply this thought principle. Let's say that you're in a situation, maybe you're in a job that you want to get out of and you could get very negative and you could have some thought seeds that are very negative and that negative controls your very thoughts day in, day out. It's very important, especially when you're working with the law of gestation, is that when you have a difficult situation, you really need to create your plan of action it's to find a different job. Let's just stick to that theme for a moment. You know you want to find a different job. You have a plan. Then you look for the optimum time to introduce that plan and work that plan. And for all those involved to become, you know, whether it's part of it, whether you're seeking new employment, you're applying for different jobs, maybe it's not happening as fast as you would intend it to or that you would want to. But irregardless, it is the law. It's the law of gestation. It's going to, once that thought seed is planted, it will move into its physical form. The more that you give it that energy, that assertive energy and moving away from the negative. While you wait though, while you wait for it to come, you have to 
pray and move your feet. You have to think the thoughts you've planted the seed. Then you have to water it, fertilize it. You have to think about it. It's on your salt map. What would somebody who has a different job or finds a different job, what would that person do? They're proactive, you know, spiffing up their resume. They're getting their resume out. They're going on interviews. They're collaborating with colleagues. They're networking. That's what people who are looking to move into a a new role, that's what they do. But they also surround themselves with a support system, somebody to confide in, talk to about strategy. That's where business coaches, personal coaches come in handy, family, friends. Sometimes you have to be careful sometimes because, you know, even though they want to, those very close relationships can be supporting and life-giving. And sometimes they can, without wanting to, be a little negative. But irregardless, the law is the law of the universe and it works no matter what. So the law of gender, the law of gestation is at work, no matter whether we are using it or we're fighting it. Some people constantly imagine worst case scenarios. Do you know those people? Maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you're one of those people sometimes, but not all the time. This is called catastrophic thinking or catastrophizing. And it can be a very difficult habit to break. I can tell you that there was a time in my life, and this is why I love this topic, and I especially am going to love talking next week when we talk about how to break through. You know, we all have vices. We all have footholds that hold us back from our best life. And remember, we want 2022 to be our best year yet, a year of breakthrough a year of growth, but sometimes it can be difficult to break an old habit, especially if you are one of those people that likes to catastrophize or have catastrophic thinking. I had one such foothold that I didn't even realize in my life many years ago. And sometimes people that catastrophize don't even realize that they're doing it. The most important thing to overcome it And we'll give some strategies next week too. You know, you have to be logical. You have to be calm. You have to create a network of people around you when you feel kind of out of control or you're having that catastrophic thinking. And I'm going to share my story next week, but here's kind of a little premise to it. Just say you're about to board a plane and you think about the plane crashing. Maybe you jump to that thought because of a bad prior experience. And I can tell you as a precursor to next week, I had one such bad experience, but I didn't realize what a foothold it had taken in my life until I realized I had it and how I needed to break it. And it's amazing. Once you break free of that chain that has bound you for so many years, the liberating feeling that you have is like nothing else I can tell you because all of a sudden you were bound by a thought process that was limiting your best life. It was limiting my best life. And a lot of times over the years, it's caused anxiousness. You know, for other people, it could be a situation that causes great depressions, but either way, it's something that's controlling you. You're not controlling it. The problem about catastrophizing is that we're making things worse because our subconscious mind, and we've talked a lot in salt talks about conscious and subconscious mind. When we catastrophize, our subconscious mind cannot distinguish emotionally between what we imagine 
and what really happened. So actually, you kind of live through the experience twice, the real experience, but the thought that you have about it, your emotional side, the story you create in your head, and the one that really happens. This can cause some significant anxiety because the emotional side, basically the amygdala is thinking this really happened and it's terrible. Sometimes we joke around or we have people, oh, you're, you know, a negative nilly. You think the worst. Well, there are people that do, and it just becomes a habit. And it's a very hard habit to break unless you realize that it's something that's got a foothold. People may plant a negative thought seed because that's what they've always done, or maybe that's what their parents did. The solution, and we'll get into the really the how of it next week, is you've got to stay rational. You've got to stay calm and you've got to surround yourself with a friend or a colleague or a mentor or somebody that you can actually sometimes talk things out with because sometimes you can't just do it yourself at first. I mean, let's go back to that plane crash scenario. How logical is that really? If every time you boarded a plane, you're like, oh my gosh, the worst case scenario. Think about how many airlines there are. Think about how many plane trips there are in a day. The rational side of that would talk you out of your irrational thought. I also wanted to give you a scenario of which I, I've read about a long time ago, and I don't know if you've heard this story before. And you know, I don't know whether it's true or whether it's not, but beside the point, it makes the point for me. A thought seed sometimes has a very quick gestation period, and sometimes it has a very long gestation period. But either way, that thought seed, that which you think about has a very strong, powerful, emotional connection and charge over your life. I wanted to share this story with you, and it I call it the boxcar story. I remember listening to it, and I thought, oh my gosh, the power of the mind. The power of the mind is incredible. So I want to make sure that we leave today knowing that we want to give gestation to the most abundant thought seeds, the thought seeds that we're going to live our best life, the thought seeds that are going to move us forward in our minds, our bodies, our families, our finances, and our communities, the thought seeds that are going to take the more that we think about them, the more connected we are to them, and the more the universe moves those thoughts into being. And that's a whole nother law that we'll talk about down the road. But I want us to make sure that we don't lose sight of just how powerful our thought seeds can be. So I wanted to make this disclaimer. I'm not sure if this story is true or it's not. No one that I've ever asked can really decide. So you can decide. But regardless, it's a story that I think it deserves sharing. Some time ago, a man got trapped in a boxcar. He worked in a boxcar and didn't realize that somebody, the other workman, was coming by. And as he worked inside the boxcar, another workman came by and not realizing that the gentleman was inside, he rolled the door, he shut it, he latched it and locked it from the outside. The man on the inside knew about boxcars. He worked on them all the time. He knew that this door was locked now until the next day when the workman came to reopen it and load the car again for shipment. 
He also knew that if nobody came before tomorrow to open up to get him out, he would be dead before the next day. And the reason he would be dead is because this was a refrigerator boxcar. And on the top of the boxcar was a refrigeration unit blowing cold air into the boxcar in which he was now sealed into. The temperature started to lower. And before anybody would come, he was convinced he would be dead. He panicked. And many of us would if we believed we were trapped inside a boxcar that it was going to kill us, just like the man did. He became so frantic, he screamed and he scratched and he kicked at the door trying to get out. He tried to get up to the ceiling, trying to get to that refrigeration unit up top to shut it off or to find some other way out. There was no way out. The unit was running. The door was locked. In frustration and exhaustion, he dropped to the floor of the car. The reason we know as much as we do about the situation inside is that at this point, he reached and pulled out a pen and started to write some thoughts on the floor of the boxcar. He wrote some things about family and various things I guess you and I would write if we were trapped in that same situation. But throughout his writing, there were several key phrases. The first one was, it's getting so cold inside. A little later on, he wrote, my hands are turning numb. They are so cold. And a little bit later on, he wrote, if I could just go to sleep. That's actually the last thing that a person does before they freeze to death. And the last phrase was, These may very well be my last words. And then the writing stopped. The next day, the workman came opening up cars to inspect them for another loading of that particular day. The workman came, grabbed the lock on the outside, rolled the door back, and saw the body of the dead man on the floor of that boxcar. The authorities were called, and the body was taken, and an autopsy was performed because of the strange circumstances surrounding that incident. Under autopsy, every physical sign of his body said he froze to death. What he did not know, however, is that the refrigeration unit on top of that boxcar was broken and only the fan was blowing the air. It was not sub-zero air being pumped into the boxcar. It was outside air simply being circulated. And the man did not suffocate. The temperature outside that night never dropped below 55 degrees Fahrenheit. He did not freeze to death. He killed himself by the power of his mind and his fear. That is a pretty powerful story of a thought seed that actually manifested itself within 24 hours. Basically, the man thought And he actually believed it so strong that he manifested the physicalness of freezing to death and he died. I want us to think about the power of that. Let's don't manifest thought seeds that are debilitating, that suck the life out of us, 
that cause us to be negative, that cause us to think the worst. So there's certain ways that we can actually counter that. And we're going to go into it much more detail next week, the how-to. But a couple of things for us to start thinking about between now and next week are this. The mind is a very powerful tool. And we don't use nearly every bit of our potential. And we must understand how the law of gestation works because a thought seed, no matter what we are thinking about, we're watering it. We're giving it energy. It's like you water a a plant, you fertilize a plant and it grows. If you water a thought seed, whether it's negative or positive, you're going to get more of that, whether it's negative or positive. So you want to be conscious of the thought seeds that you're wanting to give birth to. Begin each day with powerful, positive thought seeds, your gratitudes, your salt map, your dreams about your abundant future. Sometimes you have to reflect on those several times a day. When those negative thought seeds try to root out the positive ones, catch yourself, redirect. The second thing is when footholds do try to displace your positive thought seed, as we just talked about, replace it, make your success story. No, that is not my truth. My truth is, and you replace it with your powerful thought seed, your positive thought seed, your salt story. And last but not least, make sure you have somebody that you can talk to. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a significant person in your life, a confidant, a mentor, a coach. Sometimes we need help initially trying to break the chain of the law of gestation on a negative thought seed. We want to always make sure that we're being rational, calm, and sometimes we need the help of a friend to do that or a coach, a mentor. So I'm super excited about this topic. I hope that you have enjoyed thinking a little bit about one of my favorite laws of the universe, the law of gestation, the law of gender. It is the creative law. It is one of the most powerful laws. And whether we consciously or subconsciously work with this law, this creative law, this law of gender gestation of the universe, it's working for us whether positive or negative. And sometimes the gestation period takes a long time. Sometimes what we think about may not manifest for years, months. We don't know. Sometimes the gestation period is a matter of hours or days. But the takeaway is that we must think, make a conscious effort to think about that which we want to manifest, (laughs) to think about that which we want to bring about in our life, our positive, our salt maps, the things that we're moving towards. We want to think about those things and catch ourselves when the negative comes up. I am so glad that you chose to spend a few minutes with me today for the Amanda Rollert Show and our episode of Salt Talks as we talked about the law of gender gestation. And I hope that I've piqued your curiosity for next week's episode when I bring in a couple of guests and we really dive into footholds. If you have any footholds in your life that you're trying to break, 
stick around, come back, see us next week. And we will make sure that we talk through in a lot more detail how to tackle those footholds. So, so glad you stuck around with me today. Have a great rest of your week, everybody, and see you soon. Thanks for listening to The Amanda Rollard Show, a podcast to get your salt back. Share this episode with a friend and tag us on Instagram. See you next time.